0: Title of this morning's message is "Out of the Nest." Out of the nest. We're in a series right now called "Soar," and we're using a illustration of eagles throughout this series. And we've got um, several things that we know about eagles. They can fly at a rate of sixty-five miles an hour at an altitude of ten thousand feet. They, they're so strong that they can carry up to four pounds in their claws as they fly. Eagles are amazing creatures, and the Bible likens us to eagles, or uh, uh, analogy, uh, puts of analogies out there throughout the Word of God, and and makes us. Comparisons to eagles, and so as we're in this series, we've done a lot of different things, and we've talked about a lot of different uh, things about eagles. But today, we're going to talk about when eagles get out of the nest and begin to fly. And this is where everybody, this involves all of us, because there are times when God is going to call you out of the nest and begin to fly, and you've got to understand this. This particular point right here that i'm about to say god did not call us to comfort he called us to faith okay if we as the body of christ do not embrace this we will never leave the nest and we will never accomplish the will of god for our life god did not call us to comfort he called us to faith amen the bible says without faith it's impossible to please god The Bible talks big things about faith all throughout the Word of God. Everybody in their Christian walk, you know you got born again by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But after we made a decision to receive Christ into our life by faith, many of us quit walking by faith and we go back to comfort. God did not call us to comfort. He called us to faith. Just like God didn't call us to safe places, He called us to faith places. And so in your life this morning, I want you to begin to look at all the things in in not just your physical life, but your spiritual life uh, of areas of comfort in your spiritual life that you may need to start adjusting. That if you've gotten really comfortable just every Sunday morning, just coming up to your certain place at the altar and praying, that's a good place. It's a place of comfort. But I'm going to ask you, is it a place of faith now? Because once you've done it over and over, it simply becomes habit, and if it's just habit, it's really not faith. And so as we begin to go through this message this morning, we must begin to uh, press ourselves forward spiritually and get to a place of faith in our life. And so as we, as we begin this series this morning, or this, um, <clears throat> this message this morning, eagles learn to fly— by doing one thing, and there's a lot of different uh, stories out there that talk about how eagles learn to fly. Some of you have made or heard some of these. Some ha- have said that, that the baby eaglets get on the back of their father and their mother, and they fly high, and then they begin to spread their wings, and that's simply not true. Some have said that when eagles learn to fly, they, um, their parents take them up in the air, and they just drop them. And before they hit the ground, they run and catch them, and they bring them up again and just drop them. That's simply not true learn to fly by watching their parents fly. Eagles learn to fly by watching their parents stand on the edge of the nest, squat down, and begin to take off and fly. This is why you see little eagles in the nest, and y'all can laugh at me going... Because all they've ever seen their parents do is stand on the edge of the nest and jump and begin to fly. And so eagles learn by imitating their parents. We as the body of Christ, we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We learn by what we watch Jesus do in the scriptures. And a lot of us, if you're not reading the scriptures, you're not going to be acting a lot like Jesus. I want to encourage you to read your Bible more than you ever have. And so, eagles learn to fly by imitating their parents. Listen to this in John fourteen twelve. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the work that I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these, Jesus said, because I go to the Father on their behalf. We must begin to do what Jesus has been doing And then do greater things than he did because he's going to be praying for us. He's going to God on our behalf. And so Jesus is even setting this standard out there that you will do what I have done. And listen, I haven't been doing all the things that Jesus has done yet. I'm still learning to fly in a lot of these areas. Amen. And I pray that you're learning to fly in a lot of these areas. I do not want us to get to the point as a church where we begin to think, oh, that's the job of the pastor or the youth director or the small groups pastor or the worship leader to do some of these things. No, it's our job as the body of Christ to lay our hands on sick people and watch them recover. It says in the word of God that Jesus healed many people. Okay, and people brought to him people who were demon-possessed. There should rise up to be such an anointing in the church that people bring us their demon-possessed friends and don't bring them to the pharmaceutical companies anymore to get them drugged up, to sedate them. I'm serious about us imitating Christ. So much to the point of I love it when you study first century Jewish culture and you study how they, they actually operated. And we in the American culture, we, we have phrased it different and it's given it a different meaning. We read the Bible and it says it talks about a student and teacher relationship where the Bible talks about a disciple and a rabbi relationship. The biggest difference in a student and a teacher relationship is a student simply wants to know what his teacher knows. A student wants to know the knowledge that his teacher knows. I know some of you are in college, some of you have graduated high school, and some of us are in places, and you simply want to gain the knowledge that you need to be successful in life. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's the American education system. The disciple-rabbi relationship that Jesus was talking about, a student just doesn't want to know what the teacher knows, but a disciple wants to be who his rabbi is. There's a big difference. So big of a difference that when a disciple would follow a rabbi, they would follow so close that his dust would cover him. And after the disciple himself got to the point where he became a rabbi, they would literally act so much like their rabbi that taught them that people could distinguish what rabbi they actually had because they did it just like their rabbi. This is why when, when, when the Bible talks about after Jesus was gone it talks about peter was walking through and they and the people marvelled and said who is this man of Galilee he is an unlearned man but we can tell that he has been with jesus because he was acting just like jesus did he was laying his hands on sick people they were recovering And so, if we're going to learn to fly, if we're going to learn to soar, if we're going to learn to be all that God's called us to be, it's going to start with us imitating who Jesus not was, but who he still is. Because Jesus ain't dead, right? We love to celebrate Easter, but then we seem to simply act like Jesus is dead. It's like, oh, he did some great things. No, he's still doing great things. Oh, when he was on earth. No, he still is in the earth in you. Right? Amen. right? right. And here's the thing. A lot of people say, like, oh, Jesus lives in my heart. But then we act like he doesn't live in this earth. But if he's living in your heart, that means he's living in this earth. That means we should still see the things that Jesus is doing. Amen. And so we must begin to imitate him so much that we begin to look like him. And in the midst of Walmart on aisle number five, that they begin to see Jesus on aisle number five. Right? That the sick lady looking for the medicine that she needs, you can just walk up to her and say, I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus and just lay your hand on her and just. And listen, the the funny thing is a lot of people, we've confused this, and I'm not going to make a theological debate out of it. The Bible uh, says you'll lay your hands on sick people and they'll recover. It didn't even say nothing about praying for them. Come on. Jesus, when he was walking and the lady touched the hem of his garment, he didn't pray. He said, who touched me? I'm talking there's an anointing. There's a power out there that we must begin to imitate Christ and up our spiritual game to another level and take the Bible for what it actually says. Not just believe in it, but believe it. See, a lot of us, we say we believe in something, but do we actually believe it? And I'm talking believe it till it makes a difference. Even Paul said this when he was writing to Timothy. Paul said, therefore, I urge you to imitate me as he's imitating Christ. So Paul even says, Timothy, I want you to act like me. Now, in you and you raising of your kids, how many of y'all would dare to say, I want my kids to act just like me? (laughs) I'm not saying it. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not going that road. You and your Christian walk. How many of you would say, I want people to act just like me? I'm not going there. (laughs) And if we as the body of Christ, none of us can raise our hands and say, I want people to act like me. We got to change our game spiritually. Can I get an amen on that? Some of y'all are looking at me like, "Ooh, I don't like this message anymore. I don't even want to learn to fly. I don't even like birds, (laughs) right? (laughs) We must begin to up our game spiritually in the body of Christ. And if we've ever looked for a moment in the history of time to see a mighty outpouring of God Almighty, I believe we are in that moment in history where everybody is truly searching, everybody is truly looking, everybody is really now questioning what do we actually believe? Who actually are we in the United States of America? Now is the time, if there's ever been, for the Way Bible Church to rise up and become an anointed, powerful ministry that sets an example that people can follow and actually imitate and become like us because we're so different. And so let's imitate Jesus Christ. Christ. And so in imitating Jesus Christ, you're going to begin to do things. And as you begin to do things, you're going to become very active. Activity creates hunger. You notice when you do active stuff all day long, you're hungry at the end of the day. (laughs) You start running, you do things with the kids, you're outside all day, you're working, and after you cool off, and you get time to rest and recover a little bit, get a bunch of Gatorade or whatever, and and about 7.30 at night when you finally sat down, you're like, dang, I'm hungry. It's no different spiritually. Activity creates hunger. And if you find yourself not hungry, it may mean you're not active. And listen, healthy people get hungry. Healthy people like to eat. Have you ever been real sick and you just like, just look at food, you're like, oh, I don't even want to think about food. When you're sick, you don't want to eat. But healthy people like to eat. Spiritually, if you are not hungering, you need to ask yourself two questions. Am I sick or am I just inactive? Okay, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) If you're not hungry spiritually, you need to ask yourself two questions. Am I sick or am I just inactive? Because truly healthy people hunger and thirst after the things of God and want to know the things of God. Listen, When the the babies are in the nest, when the eaglets are in the nest, and they're standing there, and they see their parents fly off and come back and fly off and come back. After about the first month, the little eaglets begin to become very active. They do more than just sit there and open their mouth and wait for food. They begin to try and hop, and I'm not going to do it again, okay? (laughs) They begin to try and fly. They begin to start flapping their wings they begin to start being very active in the nest. As they become active in the nest, it creates a hunger, but it also does some other things. As, it becomes, as they become active in the nest, they start losing their baby chick feathers. And they start developing feathers for flight. If you find yourself not being active, you're never going to lose your elementary things of Christ and move on to the areas of Christ where you can walk in power and anointing and the abilities of God. Amen. And so the baby chicks, as they become active, they begin to lose their baby chick feathers. And they develop feathers that will equip them for the flight that they're about to take. Now from the time that they're born to the time that they fly is about three months. And so you have a three-month period from the time that the, the, the eggs are laid and then, um, and then they're hatched. And then you got three months from the time they hatch until they fly. But then you got about four or five years until they reach maturity. And so when you see young bald eagles, they don't have the white head or the, or head or the white tail feathers. That comes with maturing. But from the time that they're born until the time that they fly, they lose their baby feathers and they start developing the ability to fly. And they start getting ready for flight. So activity uh, enables them to get ready to fly. Also, activity does this. It begins to strengthen their muscles for the flight. See, some of us, we love to read the Bible, and we want to immediately go out and walk on water, right? How about you try praying and fasting first? Come on. You must start developing your spiritual muscles for flight. Some of us, we read what Jesus did in the Bible and say, oh, I would love to do that. Really, you would love the idea of doing that. Because if you really love to do it, it would cause you to become active, and activity creates hunger, and so you begin to feast more on the Word of God, and so your activity creates a hunger that will grow you because you start eating more. How many of y'all know when you eat more, you grow? Some of y'all don't like the way you're growing, (laughs) right? Right? But activity creates hunger because when you're active, your muscle movement is developing. Your muscles are getting strengthened. Your muscles are getting prepared for the eagle to fly. Your spiritual muscles are the same thing. They're preparing you for flight. But in this process, you must start becoming active in what you already know. There are a lot of people say, I wish God would tell me what to do. I wish he would show me what to do. And I wish he would give me a direction for my life. Well, start doing what you already know. Start doing what you've already read about in the Bible. Start praying regularly. And I'm not just talking about, Lord, bless this food. Because literally, and this is off the topic right quick. If you've spent time praying during the day, you shouldn't have to ask God to bless your food because you've heard from him about what you're going to eat. Come on. I mean, a lot of us, we make our decisions and ask God to bless it and wonder why we're not getting his results. And food's a typical response. What sounds good today for lunch? I want to go to Juan Pablo's. I want to get their quesadillas. I'm going to eat too many chips and salsa. And so when my food's here, I'm not even hungry, but I'm going to eat all the extra food anyway. Am I the only one who does that? Some of y'all are mad at me because it's like, ah, he's stepping all of my stuff today. And so in this process of doing this, we ask God to bless our decisions rather than saying, God, what do you want me to do so it's already blessed? Because a lot of times when we go to Juan Pablo's, you going to say, why don't you get that Southwest chicken salad? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> And that's really good, by the way. Why don't you get this salad rather than these quesadillas? We must begin to ask God what he wants us to do rather than doing our own thing and asking him to bless it. Because he's not going to bless what's not in his will. And that's why a lot of us, we're not experiencing the blessing of God in our life because we do what we think is right and then ask God to bless it rather than saying, God, lead me and direct me and guide me so I'm in your blessing. And in your life, your activity, the more you begin to do these things, you're going to begin to develop your spiritual muscles. And the more your spiritual muscles develop, the hungrier you're going to get. And so as you begin to do this process, you're going to find yourself naturally going to God more, reading more, studying more, doing more, praying more, because he's got to fill you more. And he's given you today your daily bread to sustain you for the work that you're about to do. And so activity does three things. Number one, it makes the babies lose their chick feathers and gain feathers to fly. Number two, it develops and strengthens their muscles. But number three, it begins to burn, for lack of a better term, I'll say baby fat. Some of y'all are 45 and 50 saying you still got baby fat. (laughs) Come on. That's what it is. That's still my baby fat. I just hadn't lost it yet. Your activity will begin to burn the excess fat in your life. The fat that gets burned lightens the chick to be able to fly. (laughs) So when he becomes active, he loses his chick feathers, he begins to develop muscles, he begins to lose fat, he begins to become prepared for flight that he's about to take. In your life, your activity spiritually is going to do the same thing. It's going to prepare you to fly. It's going to strengthen your spiritual muscles, but it's going to start burning off those excess things in your life that are fat and holding you back. How many of y'all just find yourself uh, just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff? I mean, you, 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 there's not really reason you do it. You just, you're just busy all the time. And you say, hey, how was your week? And everybody says, busy, what'd you do? Nothing, I don't know. We look back on our week and we accomplish nothing, but we sure were busy. Your hunger will start narrowing down the fat in your life, getting rid of busyness and starting to create fruitfulness. But the thing about the bird becoming active in the nest is it does something to the nest itself. When an eagle builds a nest... It builds this awesome structure with sticks and sharp-pointed objects. They're all around it because from the outside, it's protecting them. But on the inside, to prepare for the eggs to be hatched, they cover it with their own feathers. They use a lot of grass, and, and, and in areas where there's water around, they use a lot of moss and stuff like that, and it's a very nice padded inside the nest. So why would you ever want to leave that place? It's comfortable. It's safe. God didn't call us to comfort. He called us to faith. So in the activity of the bird, as it's, remember, in the nest, watching his parents take off and land, take off and land, and it's doing this. It's not only preparing itself for flight, but it's doing something to the nest. All their activity begins to wear away and push out the feathers that were there for comfort the grass that was there it's been there for three months and it's dead and so it begins to get kicked out the moss that was there it's dried up and it's basically crumbled away and so now the inside of the nest is just full of sticks and just like it's sharp pointed on the outside now it's sharp pointed on the inside And the nest that was once safe and filled and comfortable now becomes uncomfortable. Little does the eaglet know that his activity has made his own home an uncomfortable place and he begins to kick out the stuff that made it comfortable and he doesn't even know, but his activity has prepared him for flight in more than one way, not just developed his muscles, but has even made the place where he's at not conducive for him to lay, even lay down and sleep because it's not comfortable anymore. In your spiritual walk, there are a lot of Christians. I need everybody to pay attention on this point. A lot of Christians, you've been in church a long time and you found a great church home. And I pray it's here at the Way Bible Church. But after you've been here a while, you start saying this, church is just different lately. Things seem to have, like, they've changed a little bit. I'm just not getting out of it what, I, what I've gotten in the past. Well, it's because you've grown and you've gotten rid of the fluff in your life out of the nest, and God's creating an uncomfortable place in your life so that you'll take the next step and begin to fly. He's not telling you to change churches or leave homes because the eagle in its nest, they come back to the same nest year after year after year after year. They know where home is, but God's saying it's time for you to not just come to church, but get active in the church and start flying in your giftings and your callings. Amen. And so the uncomfortableness that you feel, a lot of us phrase it like this, I just feel spiritually dry. I'm just at a plateau in my life. Get active. God's calling you out of the nest to start doing something. You've sat there long enough with people feeding you and pouring into you that now you're hungry enough, but because you don't fly out of the nest, you get very uncomfortable in the nest. And a lot of people start saying, well, I wonder what's going on with Joel. He's just not preaching like he used to preach. It ain't me, it's you've grown. And listen, I want to encourage you in this. It's a good thing if you have to start feeding yourself. If you are completely satisfied all week long with my Sunday morning message, something's wrong and you're not healthy. Amen. Come on. And I'm not saying I preach bad. I'm saying you're growing. That's a good thing. So the hunger that's created by activity that the birds used to do and all their activeness, their hunger drives them to fly Because no longer the amount of food that the mom and dad bring can sustain them. They got to start hunting and feeding themselves. God may be having you in a place where you imitate Christ and you become very active. Your activity is going to create hunger. And in your hunger, you're going to begin to need more than I can give you on a Sunday morning. Come on now, that's good. And if you're completely satisfied with what's getting, being given on a Sunday morning, there's either a lot of spiritual growing that takes place, needs to take place, or you're sick. And we need to get you healthy. Because if we, in 10 years from now as a church, are in the exact same place, just revolving members like a, open, like a revolving door because you got hungry and then you got uncomfortable and you just decided to quit or leave altogether, something's wrong. We must begin to address the issue in the church, and that's where you're hungry, that's good. We feed you, that's good, but there's got to be a time where you become spiritually uncomfortable and say, I've got to have more than I get on a Sunday morning. And you begin to feed yourself in the body of Christ. That means, yes, you open your Bible And yes, you read your Bible and you begin to talk to God about the scripture that you just read and say, God, show yourself to me. Begin to feed me, God. Because if all we ever do is feed you on Sunday morning, you're going to be sick and anemic your whole spiritual life. And the sad thing is, most Christians are very comfortable with just a Sunday morning meal. If I said this next week, the only time you can eat is right when you leave church on Sunday, and you can't eat again until next Sunday, what would y'all do? There wouldn't be one member left in this church, I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, everybody would leave. And if our physical bodies need three meals a day, come on. What about your spiritual body? How many times a day are you reading your Bible? How many times a day are you opening up that app on your phone? Not Facebook, but the version of your Bible and saying, I just got to get something to eat. And a lot of it is you're spiritually hungering, but you're feeding yourself with Facebook, with television programs, and you're feeding yourself just the wrong thing. And when you start eating healthy, feeding yourself the word of God, you're going to find yourself becoming more active in the body of Christ. Doing more things for the kingdom of God. You're going to find yourself one day to the very edge of the nest. And God's saying, jump, jump. You've seen Jesus do it a million times. You've read the stories a million times. You know it's in you. You've seen your pastor flying. You've seen your worship leader flying. You've seen your student ministries pastor flying. You've seen your small groups pastor flying. You've watched them take off and land and take off and land and take off and land. It's your turn. And there's no doubt when you're on the edge of the nest and you're looking down because eagles nest in the highest places, in the highest trees and on the highest parts of cliffs. When you look down, It's a long way down. And you're saying, what if I don't make it? You ever been there? (laughs) What if it doesn't work out the way I planned on it? (laughs) What if? But deep down inside, you know you're destined to fly. You know you're destined to fly. You've been practicing jumping in the nest. And listen, the eagles, when their kids are learning to fly, are not far off. They're right there in the nest, encouraging them. They'll take off and land and come back around. And then they'll look at their bird like, it's your turn to do it. Take off and land and come back around. They're right there the whole time. I want to challenge you. Get to the edge of the nest. Your leadership team, your elders, we're right here for you the whole time. We're not going to let you fall and hit the ground. We're going to jump off and fly with you and come back around and show you how to do it again and again and again. But we're not, we're not, I'm going to say it again, we're not going to let you stay small and us keep bringing you food Sunday after Sunday and not equip you to fly. As a church, we're destined to fly. And then all of a sudden you get to the edge of the nest And you know it's your time. And you're here. And everybody else is watching and looking. And you finally do it and you go. And you take off. And you know what everybody watching does? Dang, I knew you were called to do that. I've seen it in you for years. And you look at them like, well, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Right? Right? glad you got spiritually mature, amen? Because everybody sees destiny in everybody else. We just don't see it in us. We just don't see it within ourselves. I look at our RAGE student ministries, and I see the anointing and the power of God. I see destiny in every one of them. They're sitting here thinking, I got to go back to school in six weeks, and I don't, even, I don't even like the way I look still. I'm still struggling with all these things in my life. I see destiny in this congregation. And some of you guys are thinking, but Pastor Joel doesn't know about my addictions. He doesn't know about my problems. He doesn't know about how my marriage situation really is. I see destiny. And when you become active, like I said, it burns away a lot of that fat. (laughs) When you start going forward in what God's called you to do, you eliminate time to do the stuff that you've been doing. So a lot of your problems will go away when you start moving forward in the things of God because you ain't going to have time to do anything else. (laughs) The problems of eagles not having enough food in the nest go away when they jump out and start flying because then they can go hunt for themselves. The problems of eagles having an uncomfortable place to lay their head because they've been so active in the nest, it goes away when they start flying because then they get to go build their own a lot of your uncomfortableness in church of feeling spiritually dry, of feeling at a place or being in a place where you, we like to call it, I've plateaued a little bit, you know? A lot of those things, they go away when you jump and start becoming active in the things of God again. So the one question I have for you this morning is, are you comfortable? Because if you're comfortable, it's time to get active. If you're comfortable, it's time to get hungry. If you're comfortable, it's time to start getting ready to fly. Because God didn't call us to comfort. He called us to faith. God didn't call us to nice Sunday morning church services where we sit and hear a great encouraging message. He didn't call us to that. He called us to come together on Sunday mornings for the equipping, the building up, and the edification of each other. And you should be encouraged when you leave here. But he didn't call us to get comfortable here. And I will be so bold to say this. Every Christian should lead at least one person to Christ in their lifetime. Not drag them to the pastor and say, lead them to Jesus because I got them to church. You should lead one person to Christ, minimum, in your lifetime. Because Jesus said, go and make disciples. So one person... Make it up in your mind now that you will lead one person to Christ before you die. And because you don't know when your time is, you better get on it. And I'm serious about that. I want to encourage you to fly this morning.